for God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you'll be called Hezeba and your land Belua, for the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. One thing that really stood out for me is that God called us that even from where we have fallen from, when he was going to restore, he said we'll be called the crown of splendor in the Lord's hand. So in other words, everywhere we go, once we have that at the back of our minds, that where the splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in his hand, and our land will no longer be deserted. And one thing that really touched me is that for God to say our land will not be deserted, we need to stand and speak this word. That any area of our land that is deserted, it must become fruitful. Because we are the splendor of the Lord. And we are his rare diadem. And he has been, we have been placed in the center of his hand. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, what touched me in the book of Isaiah was in Isaiah chapter 22. And it's um, a prophecy against Jerusalem called the Valley of Vision. And what I saw in this is that although Jerusalem 22, um, although Jerusalem was God's chosen people, and as Isaiah states, the Valley of Vision, where God himself dwelt, they themselves were listed among those condemned. And the reason is because they had taken advantage of their blessings and their calling. So they had allowed themselves to get careless. And now they see their name, uh, the city that was once so pure and where God himself lived. Now we see this as um, a place on God's own list of judgment. And... Um, what I notice is that uh, in our everyday lives, uh, we must make sure that we never get careless with um, God, uh, God's calling because God takes that extremely seriously. And um, we must not get careless because we all, we all want our name to be in God's book of life. But our names, like these people of Jerusalem, will be placed in God's book of judgment if we are careless with our calling. Amen. Praise the Lord. My contribution is from Isaiah 26, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole of the book of Isaiah. I read from um, verse 3. It says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose, those whose mind are steadfast, because they trust in you. Verse 4. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. Praise God. If we link that up with John chapter 14, whereby Jesus was saying from verse 1, they do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house has many rooms. If they were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? Praise God. So just in line with what our Father be teaching us, for to have faith and confidence in our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we absolutely have trust, total faith, total trust in our God, then we will not have any cause to be worried or anxious about any challenging situation that we might have. So my encouragement to, to every one of us, inclusive of myself, if we to have total trust in our God, no matter what challenges we might be facing, we should just believe that our Heavenly Father is well able to take care of it, and we just continue to rest in His peace. Praise God.
My contribution is taken from Isaiah 62, verses 6 to 7. It said, I've posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. Um, Isaiah 43 talks about a new thing God was going to do for the people of Israel. And 62 basically um, instructs us of what this new thing is going to be like. Um, Pastor has already uh, mentioned the fact that God will take delight in us. He will change our land. But I want to jump into 6 and 7, which says that he has posted watchman on our walls that it will never be silent. So the purpose of this watchman is literally to continue to continue to pray and ensure that God establishes righteousness in his church. And if we go to verses 1, it says that, um, for Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep silent. Sorry, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet until her vindication shines out like a dawn. So in order for our vindication to shine out like a dawn or our salvation to be like a blazing torch, we must give God no rest concerning our families, concerning the church, until he, inst- until he establishes and fulfills his word concerning the church in Jesus' name. Okay, I'm not supposed to say in Jesus' name, sorry. Praise the Lord. I'm actually reading from Isaiah 6, verse 8, which talks about whom shall I send and who will go for us. Even though God needed somebody to send us at that time, when you go to Isaiah 45, Cyrus the king, even though he wasn't a believer, he was available, so the Lord used him, and God's anointing rested upon him. So it tells me that God can use anybody. So it's important that we take note that we are available for him anytime he needs us. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Today my contribution is taken from Isaiah, Isaiah, verses, um, Isaiah chapter 1. Uh, verses 1, which reads, I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. <clears throat> In this passage, it talks about how um, when people, they just come to church every day, they aren't really, um, they just do it to um, just waste uh, well their time away. You're supposed to do it because you are trying to find God. These people, although it looked like they asked for for them, uh, for God, they didn't really because it was um, they, it was like um, belief in the physical form, but um, in the spirit they weren't really acting like believers. So um, in our everyday prayers, we should pray that we become. Um, fully with God and we can spend as much time as him to know him and to be good with him. Amen. My contribution is taken from uh, verse 24 and this also links to Mark 9 verse chapter 66 verse 24 and it quote, and it links to a quote where Jesus quoted the same scripture in Mark 9 verse 48 and that that we can either, that there's two alternatives for us, that we, we can either trust in the Lord and claim the salvation that comes through his servant Jesus and live, or we can continue in rebellion and die. And that the stark reality of these two alternatives shows that not only the greatness of the salvation can only come through Jesus, but also the urgency in which we must join Isaiah in proclaiming the message of God. So what I took away from it is that just a prayer point to myself that wherever I go, no matter where I am or what, how I'm feeling, that I always have the spirit to proclaim the message because I shouldn't be ashamed of it. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read from the book of Isaiah, chapter 2, from verse 2. Um, this um, Bible passage always encourages me in terms of evangelism and also maybe in the prophecy of God speaking of souls to come. It says, in the last day, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established, a chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream into it. So I think every time I read that, I see nations. I see the practical aspects of men and women coming into God's house to worship him. It says many people will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord. My Bible refers to the book of Acts where all the nations of the earth were gathered together in the time of the day of Pentecost from every nation. Then I'm going to go to verse um, 4, the latter part. It says, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nations, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, O house of Jacob, let us walk in the, walk in the light of the Lord. These two verses, it's nearly like a hope that at some point in time, despite all the chaos and the wars happening around us, that nations will lay down their swords and peace will at some point even though the bible says um 
there will be no peace. But I, I think that's just maybe a desire that, Lord, let this world be fulfilled where nations will lay down their plows and men will live together in harmony. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Welcome is Isaiah 29, verse 13. The Lord said, The Lord said, The people come to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, for their hearts are far from me. The worship, the worship of me is based on man woman rule. They have been taught. What I derive from this is this. I was speaking to, I just see one example, and I will explain what I've written there. I met a guy since morning. I've been talking to him since yesterday, where I'm working now. And he goes to Catholic Church. And I begin to share the word of God with him. All what is telling me that we pray to Holy Mary. Holy Mary. Holy Mary. One word about Jesus. He said, Holy Mary. He said, we have a special program on Sunday. I said, what is this? He said, it's this uh, sacrificial prayer they do. I said, tell me, how do you do it? She can't even explain itself. I'm a heartburn. I was forced to take my Bible, one of the Bible I have at home, and take it to work today. And I left it on the table for him to read it. What the Lord is telling us here is this. He said, people claim to be close to God, but they were disobedient. They only listen to woman, to woman rules. God will bring judgment upon them. Even Jesus quoted this. He quoted Isaiah when he was speaking to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 15, 7, 7 to 9, and Mark 7 to 6. We cannot serve God, worship, worship. We need to surrender our heart, our mind, and devote it to Him. You can't say that you are a child of God. And you will still follow pattern of this world. That's what the Lord is saying to us here. He said, and also we should not let our worship of him be in vain. So we must submit to the God concept. He said, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. They are teaching among woman rules. In this house, we have been fed the truth. And we are to go out and make a difference out there. Because when I, sat, when I saw that guy yesterday, when I was discussed with him, I had bonds. That you say you go to church every Sunday with your wife, but what do you go to church for? There's nothing to account for it. The thing was been taught. They are not been taught the way of the Lord. And then when it comes to the last time, I remember when my father was touching us on Monday. He said they will come to me and say, in your name, Lord, we do this, we do that. The Lord will say, I don't know you. And may Lord be with us. Praise God. I'm taking my scripture from Isaiah 45. I'll read from verse 2 to 3. It says, I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summoned you by name. Our God is an awesome God. He is the God that gives us ability to create wealth. From where we come from, for those of us who come from Africa, 
We were here. We are in this country, not by our might, not by our power, but by the grace of God. So whatever position we find ourselves today, we must acknowledge the God of heaven who made it possible for us to get to where we are. Even when we were unbelievers, God was looking after us. Because here, this Cyrus wasn't uh, born again. He's an ungodly man, but God used him. So God can use each and every one of us, regardless of our circumstances, our position. Praise be to God. Praise God. I will read Isaiah 14:24, And he said, The Lord Almighty has sworn, Surely as I plan, so it will be. And as I have purpose, so it will stand. And so forth. 25th doctor about the Assyrians. Um, but this, throughout the Isaiah, in Isaiah, we saw how, who were the Assyrians. The Assyrians are the people who tormented Israel. And the Babylon, Babylonians are the ones who tormented Israel. But we saw that all the promises that uh, God has for Israel came to pass. All their, all their suppression, all the, all the plans of Assyrians and the um, Babylonians, they torture Israel, but at the end, they have victory over them. Israel prevailed because the plan of God for the, his children must come to pass. When I think about that, I think about the promise that God has given apostles concerning United Kingdom. Even the Bible says, even if it, um, it tarry, it would not tarry. But we know that it will come to pass because the God we serve is an awesome God. He's the God that promised and fulfilled. Even if you find yourself individually, find yourself far from the promise of God around you, do not worry. Every Assyrian, the rest he beside before you, God can divide into two. The Assyrians that surround you, God can stretch his right hand at his majestic in power and they will walk for by the roadside. So this is a word of encouragement. This is my best in Isaiah. It encourages me. I hope it encourages others. Praise the Lord. Um, Isaiah 61. Um, I really love Isaiah 61 because it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from from darkness for the prisoners. Um, Verse 2 says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance in our God to comfort all who mourn. If we go into Luke chapter, I think it's Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is a cross-reference in the New Testament where Jesus himself stood up in the temple and said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. So it's the same as in Isaiah. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And after this, the Bible says that Jesus rolled up the scroll 
And he said in verse 21, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is something that the Lord has called us to do. The spirit of the Lord God is upon every single one of us. And what Isaiah, and again in Luke, it's making it the pronoun I. It is upon every single one. It's upon us. And the purpose is that, that we can proclaim the good news to the poor, to, to send forth, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, the recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm taking my from Isaiah 50, and it reads from verse 1. It says, this is what the Lord says. Where is your mother's certificate of divorce, which I sent her away? Or to which of my creditors did I sell you? Because of your sin, you were sold. Because of your transgression, your mother was sent away. What um, resonates with me here is about Christians who continue to live in sin. And um, sins separate us from God. And as Christians, we should endeavor to live according to what God has call us to, to do. And um, in Isaiah chapter 1, it says, uh, come, let us reason together. If your sin is as red as scarlet, it shall be made uh, as white as snow. So we should do away with sin because sin would uh, not let us ascend to, to where God wants us to, where God is taking us to. And um, in, in Isaiah 59, it says that my, my hands are not short or not that my ears dull to hear you, but your sin has separated you from me. So we should endeavor to always live according to what God has called us to do and live according to the will of God. Praise the Lord. Um, my scripture is taken from Isaiah 43, verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. Um, so this scripture just ministered on to me because I guess it, we thank God for where we are. And we're in, we're in this country, and most of us are well by the grace of God, and we have access to things. And sometimes I feel like we are, we're comfortable and there's situations, we don't always necessarily see the situations um, that sometimes really challenge our faith. But when, when we do, it's like we can't be, it's like our faith is easily moved because we very rarely go through those really challenging times. And God, God is saying he is with us. But then also, I kind of, it also means to me in the sense that I don't want to be a circumstantial Christian. I'm only faithful and I'm only joyful with God because things are going well. Um, in relation to that, the scripture is Isaiah 45 verse 7. It said, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, Lord, do all these things. So that's just essentially saying no matter what situation is happening, God is still God. That doesn't change him. He allows us to go through the good and the bad. And all these are just testing to our faith. So let's, and it's just for me, it's just an encouragement to say that let's ask God to make us not just circumstantial Christians, that when he's when things are going good, that's the only time we trust him, but that we will stand firm in all things so that on that day he can test our works and it will be refined and not just blown away because we have our faith is just based on good times. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, in Jesus' name. I'm not sure if this has been covered already, but if it has, I'm sure Pastor Debbie will let me know. So mine's taken from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 
which reads, um, come, well, come let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And for me, what really stood out for this is um, it was actually quite humbling because God is actually calling us to reason with him. So then I um, kind of, I always remember this scripture and I reflect it to my own life because um, who am I to not reason with someone else? It's For me, it's just really humbling because there's nothing that someone can do on this earth that will make me so angry with them that I can't even discuss with them or reason with them because the things that we probably do to God every single day, and he's literally writing this, not just to believers, this is to unbelievers as well. He's still calling them to come and reason to him, to come and reason with him. And that for me, yeah, is really humbling. So I always remember this scripture to make sure that I will recognize that I'm only small compared to God so everybody can reason with me also. Amen. My contribution will come from Isaiah 10 verse 4. Um, this, this to me is talking about how God can help us with our problems, but we can't, we can't keep holding on to the things of the world. And we, because when we get, gather all these things from the world, it's not like we can take them with us when we die. I will take mine from Isaiah 30, verse 21. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So this is saying that whatever situation we have, when we have to make decisions, that God is always there and is willing to lead us. Only just that we have to listen to him and ask him as well for him to show us the way that we should go. Praise the Lord. Um, I've learned a lot from uh, the book of Isaiah, but what I want to talk about uh, today, or my contribution is uh, from Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 21. The later part of it that says that um, the hand of the Lord is stretched. Uh, the, hand, the arm of the Lord is still stretched uh, for those that are still in the world. And I want to link that to Isaiah 53. Uh, if we take it from verse uh, 5, it says, but he, sorry, I'm reading from uh, King James Version. It says, uh, but he was wounded for a transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him our iniquity. Uh, what, what I want us to look at there is the fact that um, as our mother, uh, sorry, our, our mom, Reverend Omar, was saying to us that she had a dream sometimes ago, and she saw everyone throwing their laptop away. It was chaotic, and uh, it seems like it's the end time. Uh, so also, our father, Apostle Alfred William, said to us that the end time is now, and it's here. So I just want to, you know, call all of us to, uh, to remember that uh, as the end time is here, it is our job as Christians to look for the Lord souls there. Jesus has done the big job. He has paid the price, but we need to let people know the love that's in, that is in Christ. Praise God. I'll read 
read from Isaiah 6. It says, uh, In the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And it says, uh, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So what I get from here is, uh, seems to me that in every stage of life, there's an Uzziah. There's something that uh, has to give way. There's something, there's a force that has to give way for us to uh, move to the next level of grace. Uh, That's what Uzziah represents. And it also means that uh, something in us, for us to be sanctified to move to the next level in God, something in us needs to be removed. Talking about sanctification, uh, it's as if there was an influence on on Isaiah from that King Uzziah that stopped him from seeing the glory of God. But when that influence was removed, uh, he was able to see the fullness of God's glory. Just a second. And also, it talks about timing, you know. Uh, there's a it's a time for every stage. Uh, prior to that time, in some areas in our development in God, we may be struggling. But at the right time, the door opens and you have a blank check to move in to the blessings of the next stage. You have a blank check to move into the, develop, the spiritual development of the next stage. Amen. Isaiah 60. Verse 1 to arise, shine, for your light has come. And glory the Lord has risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and do darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise over you, and glory shall be seen upon you. What I learned from this scripture is that Jesus is our light from John chapter 1. And the light shines in darkness, and darkness completely not. So when we come to the understanding of the word of God, we stand as light. And um, when we decree the light, the darkness is surely to bow. Mm-hmm. I go to verse 8. It says, Who are these? Who are, the, who are these who fly as cloud and like those to the, to the roast? That tells us that every time that we encounter light, we fly, we generate immense capacity to determine what happened around us with key new height. So in other words, God's word is a light. And when we walk with the light, we light everything. Even the darkness are due to bound to our light. Amen. Uh, my contribution here is from Isaiah chapter 11. From verse 1, says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Jesse. And I, because Jesse is from the, the David, 
that's the lineage of uh, Jesus. So usually when I get to this part, I put myself there because I'm a seed of Abraham. And it says from a shoot, a branch will be a fruit. Okay, I'm a branch. And God is divine. So I link that to uh, John chapter 15. So from verse 2, it says, The Spirit of the Lord rests on him. So I say, okay, it's resting on me. And the Spirit of wisdom and of um, understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. Then it says, and he will, so when I come to that, I put myself there. That now I'm carrying Jesus in me, so all the all uh, the spirit of the Lord, you know, is 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 in me, and I'm acknowledging Him in my life. So He said He will delight in the fear of the Lord. Okay, this is the condition that I have to meet so that I can possess all this. And when it comes to uh, the later part of verse three, say He will not judge by what He sees, so that I shouldn't be moved by what is surrounding me, the circumstances around me, but I should live by faith. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Um, my contribution is from Isaiah 54, from verses nine to eleven, and Isaiah 55, from verse twelve to the end. Um, I think what really touched me generally throughout Isaiah is the fact that regardless of what um, the Israelites might have gone through because of their sins or their ways, there's always a message of hope. So from Isaiah 54, it says, To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah, uh, waters of Noah would never again come come over the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Afflicted city, lashed by storm and not comforted, I will rebuild you with stones of turquoise, your foundation will lapis lazuli. And verse, sorry, chapter 55, 12 says, You will go out in joy and be let forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, you will grow the juniper, and instead of briars and myrtle, will grow. Um, you will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. So it's quite clear in Isaiah that um, because of our sin, because of the manner in which we serve God, uh, God may be angry with us for a season, but truly God's nature is love. So if we truly turn back to him, um, he's always got an everlasting promise for us to uh, bless us in the manner that is displayed in this scripture and across the the, the, the book of Isaiah generally. Praise the Lord. My contribution is from Isaiah 40, verse 3 to 5. Say, the voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight the desert a highway for our God. A voice for every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and he shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places play. 
5, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. What I learned from there is that whenever we hear the voice of the Lord, whenever we, for every child of God, is have the call of God upon, them, upon him or her. And whenever we hear that voice of the Lord, we should always obey. But the Lord will now make straight whatever obstacle or hindrances that will have stopped you. God will take care of them and level every mountain that stands before you that will hinder you or stop you from becoming what God has designed you to be. For when John, before John was born, he, was, he had that call upon his life and he was able to to fulfill his destiny because when it was made to to be a cry for the coming of Jesus and until he has, has fulfilled that assignment he was he, he, he didn't give up if we hear, if we hear the voice of the Lord at all time we always obey and God will make any crooked way before us straight praise the Lord Amen. Okay. Um, what I'm going to share briefly is from Isaiah 40, and um, the main emphasis is um, towards the um, end of that chapter. The Isaiah 40 generally talks about like the strength of God, what He is able to do for us, what He has done for us, giving comfort, the the um, strength of the Word of God, the greatness of God, and all of that. If we read it line by line, it actually magnifies God. It puts God in His place because sometimes we need to remind ourselves of this. When we are aware of the strength of God, the the uh, measure of God, you know, it, it helps us also to bring into remembrance who we are in Christ Jesus. So I'll go down to um, verse 27. He says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. To whom who has no might increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall exhausted. Youthfulness is like, you know, the prime of life, strength, vigor, zeal, and all, you know, the best a man can stand for. He said, even the youth shall grow and be weary, and be faint and be weary. He said, but they that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. The, the um, key word here that ministers to me is waiting. You wait with an expectation. Waiting is different from standing. It's different from sitting. If you're waiting for someone at this train station, you're waiting looking at everybody coming out that you know that person i'm waiting for will soon come on and then waiting is like a state of um tarrying for the next instruction so if we wait on god it just says that it tells me that we need to take time to wait for instruction from God. We need to wait time, um, wait to be reloaded from God. He said when we wait on him, he will renew our strength. We will mount up like wings, like eagles. We shall run and not be weary. I mean, running with normal strength, even Mo Farah gets tired after 20-something kilometers. So he's only waiting on God, renewing strength in God, that can make us run this Christian race without being weary, that can make us continue the walk for many years are not fainting. May, the, may God teach us how to wait on him continually to renew our strength in Jesus' name.
Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm going to read from um, Isaiah 59, verse 5. They hatch evil eggs like... They hatch evil like eggs from poisonous snakes. If you eat one of those eggs, you will die. And if you break one open, a poisonous snake comes out. People tell lies as they would spin as a as a spider web. So what I'm saying from there is that um you um. That evil people, they're always evil people. That they always and. And if you break one open, wait. All right, praise the Lord. Um, my reading is from Isaiah 12. I'll read from verse 1 to verse 4. It says, In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away. You have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. And proclaim that his name is exalted. Um, There are many precious promises in the book of Isaiah. And um, there's also great comfort, lots of words of comfort that the Lord has, has made in his word for his people. And I found uh, in those scriptures, you can, you can, the word of the Lord can minister to you when you meditate upon it. Speak it to yourself, speak it aloud. And um, there is a lot of comfort God gives his people. And also precious promises that we can look forward to, we can hold on to God's word. Even when the situations look contrary, if we cling to his word, continue to proclaim it, and look forward to that great day when we will really praise and rejoice in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. My reading is um, Isaiah 37, verse 14. Isaiah 11, verse 14. Ezekiah received the letter from the messenger, and he read it. He read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Isaiah 59, verse 1. It's 59, verse 1. It says, uh, Isaiah Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ears too dull to hear. So, Ezekiah, when he received the letter, he spread it out to the Lord because he had confidence and faith in the Lord, like Apostle has been teaching us about faith and confidence. He knew he was in Christ Jesus, like our sister said. 
And we're also being reminded in Isaiah 59, verse 1, that his arm is not too short. So whatever we are going through, if we give ourselves to the Lord and pray, he will hear us and answer us. Praise the Lord. In my own contribution in Isaiah 45, 1, he says here, this is what the Lord says to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip keys of the armor, to open doors before him so that gate will not be shut. My interest here is he said to open doors. That means that his look at God calling somebody we present there, we look at it, it's ungodly. But God says he's anointed, he even used him. We own duty of care as Christians to pray for people in the authority. If we look at our, let's look at it down here, narrow it down in the society where we are. Negligence in our, our area sometimes, looking at it, we don't care. If there is a man makes a wrong decision, it comes back to us. We should pray for them, that God should give them wisdom and understanding in spite of the circumstances surrounding it. If we also bring it to our day-to-day people in authority here, in our departmental leaders, it's our duty to pray for them, even back home. Instead of you to be angry with somebody God has put in place to be a breadwinner, why don't you pray for, for that person? As you do that, God will also bless you. If you bring it to the place of your work, pray for the bosses who are very, you know, Dealing with people, you know, in a way they presently you might not like the way they administer the the day-to-day this in your office. It's your duty to pray for for that person. Even God commanded us in Second Timothy two. He said, "Pray that we may have what peace. If we don't pray, we might not have open door. Our prayers can open door. Our keeping short, I mean, closing our mind, mouth can make." people to make wrong decisions, which, of course, will come back to us. That's it. Oh, which to the book of Zoya. Zoya 62, 6. I have posted watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You will call on the Lord, give yourselves no word. May the Lord bless all the reading on this holy word. Amen. Praise the Lord. My contribution comes from Isaiah 44, verse, verse 6, and it says, This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and, and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. So in, every, in any situation we are in, we should always seek God, and that we should always praise God in any situation we are in. Praise the Lord. I'll be reading from Isaiah 42, and in verse 1, it says, Here is my servant who I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I'll put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. 
And if you read down from verse 6 and 7, it says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. To open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in the darkness. And what I have learned from there is that if we commit ourselves to God and we become his servant, he'll uphold us. And he'll call us into righteousness and he'll empower us to work miracles and to bring other people who are in the darkness to the light. Praise the Lord. Praise God. My contribution is from Isaiah 6 verse 8. Then Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. That's scripture. Um, so the Lord had um, a job for someone, and he had asked, he asked, whom shall I send and who will go for us? He needed a messenger um, who was willing to, to, to do his work. The Lord has chosen us as men and women in his service, and there's a lot of work to do concerning the things of God. Um, Isaiah responded to the Lord by saying, here I am, send me. He wanted to be used by God. He was willing to do the work of the Lord. And I pray that as children of Christ, we employ the same willingness to get involved in serving God and doing his work. Praise the Lord. In church, um, my contribution is from Isaiah 54, and this really stuck out to me, especially now because you know that 2019 is going to be the year of glory. And Isaiah 54 is about the future glory of Zion, and it's like a message to the church to say, um, We know that we're going to go through breaks, so we're going to go through turmoil times. So if you have 54, verse 10, um, let me read that. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. And it's just that no matter what we're going through, whether it be economic or personal, it's just to remember that God has made his covenant with us, that 2019 is going to be our year of glory. So um, it's just to put, um, just for him, basically just to remember that his covenant of peace will not be removed. And no matter what we go through, we should remember that God will fulfill his promises. Amen. Hallelujah. We've had someone, aren't we? So they are in. Okay. Oh, one more. Oh, it's okay. It. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Okay. Um, I, Isaiah 29, verse 13 says, The Lord says, These people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules they have been taught. And I'll link that to First Chronicles 28.9, which we know is a verse that Apostle always emphasizes to us. And he says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. And so I just want us 
you know, just to be aware that everything we do and every service we offer in the house of God or everything that we do in our lives, that we should search our hearts at all times to be mindful that we serve God with a wholehearted devotion and because God searches the motive behind everything that we do. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. My contribution comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, which is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. It just really reinforces God's promises over us as his children, despite the wickedness and despite whatsoever is going on in this world. God still, you know, shows that he has so many good things in store for us. All we need to do is walk in this power and just realize that God is for us despite whatever is going on and his promises are sure and they're yea and amen. Amen. My contributions from Isaiah 11, verse 2. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And I just wanted to link that to Joel chapter 2, verse 28, where we've been talking about how. God's going to put his Holy Spirit on us all, and we will prophesy. So if God's going to put, um, cause his Spirit to rest on us, and we're all going to prophesy as sons and daughters, the Spirit of God will give us wisdom. The Spirit of God give us understanding. It will give us counsel. The Spirit of God will be mighty in us. And the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord will be in us. And my thoughts on this is that we should all pray for God's spirit to manifest in us in all these areas. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. My contribution is from the book of Isaiah 31, um, from verse 1. Uh, it's a woe to those who go down to Egypt for help who rely on horses, who trust in the multitude of their chariots, and in the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look on, look to the Holy One of Israel, or seek her from the Lord. Um, what I understand from these um, verses is that um, Egypt, uh, to us Christians, represents an, uh, an idol, or a sin. Um, when we are in Christ, we should uh, focus on Jesus according to the book of Hebrews 12, uh, chapter two, uh, verse 2 that says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When we are in Christ, when we are in the law, we should only focus our, our uh, trust in the Lord, not to rely on any other things, like going back to the world when we are in Christ. So um, these verses are um, basically telling us that we should rely, like uh, my sister says uh, uh, in the book of Isaiah 40, 31, like uh, we should wait on the Lord. 
when we are facing any trials or tribulation in our life, we should wait on the Lord. We should trust on Him that He alone can do it for us. We should not go back to the world, seek help from there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we have to end it here. Otherwise, we we'll go on and on and on and on, and it's almost time. I'm conscious of time. But we've all, you know, we've heard so much about the book of Isaiah. And people are saying more or less the same thing. We can group everything that everyone has said in on that different headings. We talked about being the light of the world. We talked about being the, the carrier of God's glory. We talked about how we should separate ourselves from the world. Our brother talked about Egypt representing the world. And there are so many other contributions about how we need to live a sacred life, a life that is totally different from the world. And if we allow the world to get into us, then the light of God will not shine. I think one of the brothers there talked about Jesus being the light of the world. And if Jesus lives in us, we should allow our light to shine. If we do not commit ourselves to Lord Jesus Christ, then the light in us will be darkened. And also, someone also talked about the magnificent power of God. I remember when I had the opportunity to minister that word. It's as if we can really see the tangible power of God manifested in our lives. When we know who God is, God was virgin, you know, was kind of boasting in that book of Isaiah 40 to show that he is magnificent, to show that he is the all-powerful, to show that there is nothing that he cannot do. When we know that our God is that all-powerful, it gives us so much confidence to face any challenges that may confront us in life. And another sister was talking about God in the year 2019 is the year of God's glory. Yes, we are really looking for this glory, but glory comes with challenges. So there will be challenges, but God will glorify himself. God will fight our battle for us. So we don't think that everything will be rosy and rosy. But we know that God has declared that the year 2019 is the year of God's glory. And God wants to glorify us. Pastor made mention of the fact that we are God's splendor. When God sees us out there, when people see us out there, they don't just see you. You know, you are more than what you think you are. You carry God. You carry God. You, you are a carrier of God himself. And when people who are into voodoo and they have witchcraft and all, to, all these fetish powers, when they see a child of God, they know because there is a marking on your forehead. So I really want us to go beyond just looking at ourselves that, oh, poor me. You are not poor me. You are more than that. You are a carrier of God himself. And um one of our brothers too was talking about how we need to separate ourselves and seek the face of the Lord because God has called us to be watchman in his house. If God has called us to be a watchman in the house, then why are you not picking up that responsibility? Apostle always made reference that the fact that in this house, God has given us so much resources for us to grow. So if you are not growing in your faith, you have yourself to blame. Because apart from the fact that this house is open day and night for us to come in and to seek God's face, we also have Bible study. We have Bible study that we go over every day. And guess what? When we come in here, for the benefit of those of you who have not been coming to the prayer 7 to 8, when we come in here, we don't only pray all through for one hour. 
We pray for 30 minutes. Then after the 30 minutes, we all sit down around the table. And we read the daily Bible reading. And we discuss it. So from that, we are growing in our knowledge of the word. So it's not just about just coming here, pray, and go. It's not like a routine thing. But we are being built up. So our brother was talking about us building up ourselves, praying for one another. And we can see the effect of those prayers being answered when people begin to testify on Overcomers Night Vigil. Friday, we are going to have one. And you listen now to those testimonies. It's a, res- it's a result of faithful, committed men and women like yourself coming in here day and night, seeking the face of the Lord. Some come during the day. They call them Shiloh Pillars. They don't just come here to just share the word, but at the same time, they pray for yourself and myself. So it's not, watchman is not a calling. It's not part of the fivefold ministry. Every Christian, we are all called to be watchmen. So every one of us have a duty to perform. Apostle have gone on missionary trip. He is on a battlefield. It's, don't think that the enemy is happy. Don't think that Satan is happy. Satan is not happy that he is getting many people saved, allowing them to not dwell on errors, getting them out of erroneous teaching. Satan is not happy about that. So it is up to yourself and myself to be the Aaron and the Earl of Apostolic B. Williams and Reverend Omar Williams and lift up his hands in mission. So we have been called to be watchmen, and watchmen never grow weary. They never grow tired. And that is why he said that when we watch, when we call upon him, we should not get, give ourselves rest, and we should not give him rest. God doesn't need any rest, because he neither sleep nor slumber. So let's take this word upon our, you know, all what we have contributed tonight. I want to believe that we are all making notes. Well, we made notes, unless you have a photographic brain that you can gather all those information without you writing it down. But I haven't got such brain. And I tell you, all what everybody has said, I've written it down with their names with it. So let's go over this book of Isaiah again and again, and let's leave it. Let's leave it. Another sister, just in conclusion, made mention of Isaiah 61 verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. The Spirit of God is upon each and every one of us. It is not just the ordained. As long as you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God has come to indwell within you. And what sort of spirit do you have? Isaiah 11 chapter 2 says that the Spirit of God is upon you, but he made mention about the seventh Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, counsel, and might, and of the fear of the Lord rest upon each and every one of us. So when we go out there, we are not just going as a physical being, we are spirit-filled. So everything that comes out from our mouth is spirit-filled. And we need to live that spirit. We need to live in the spirit so that we will not gratify the desire of our sinful nature. The Lord will bless us. The Lord will empower us. And the Lord will fortify us. That we will continue to be faithful. As God, God is here and is happy with every one of us. I was coming from my car into here and I was looking at the rain and said the rain is falling. But I know that people are hungry for God, we make it. I mean, some of us come from afar. There are a couple here that come from very far. And she, he was able to make it to the, to the prayer yesterday. Whereas those of us who are just living stone throw away from here, we are nowhere to be found. 
Apostle said that this is not just the group anymore. From now on till the end of December 2018, we all have to gather here every day. So it's not just about group four. It's not just about group four. We need to wake up in our commitments. Jesus will come at any time. Another brother made mention of that. The end of the age. So let's wake up. Let's be empowered. Let us be in grace. Let us be fortified. And the Lord will strengthen us as we are willing and obedient. God will use us as he used Isaiah in Jesus' name.